The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Welcome back to Flourish and Fulfilled. So a quick little thank you to today's episode sponsor, which is Lust Minerals. Now, I love the fact that I can align with a brand like Lust Minerals for skincare and makeup, and I don't have to check the ingredients as I know that the entire brand's ethos aligns with mine. So their mission is to create a cleaner alternative to products in all areas of the beauty industry and products within makeup, skincare, and even within their beauty crystals, which is obviously an oral um, supplement as well. It means that I can buy products from their website without even having to check what's actually in them. Um, And it just gives me that peace of mind knowing that no matter what, it's going to be a cleaner alternative to traditional products. Now, as I'm very close to Lust Minerals owner, Stacey, and we've actually had her on the podcast previously, I know exactly how the ingredients are formulated and what they are willing to put in them and what they're not willing to put in them. And I think that's what is my biggest kicker when it does come to Lust Minerals and making sure that I am aligning with uh, their products, their brand, but also knowing and having that peace of mind that when I purchase or put something on my skin that it's going to be good for me as well. Now, Lust have kindly given a massive discount code to Flourish and Fulfilled listeners, which is simply Flourish. And you can use that at the checkout at lustminerals.com.au to receive $20 off when you spend $50 or more. So that is today's episode sponsor. Now, today's episode is a bit more of an interactive one and I have my phone in my hand and I've actually put it onto my stories in relation to, I guess, the entire episode. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of context to this. So the other day I was on Instagram and I saw this uh, post that was very like, it resonated with me so well and it was like things on social media that seem so easy that are actually so hard. And I was like, yes, like every single point that was made. So it was like yoga, having a baby. And I was like, yes, like they are hard things. But when you look online, it looks so easy. And so when I brought this up with my friends the other night, they were like, yeah, like everybody online makes their profession or their whether they're an athlete Uh, whatever they are skilled in look so much easier than it actually is. And then, of course, when we have like the perfectionism of Instagram or the uh, social media platforms where people are using heavy filters or only posting their good days, it's really easy to get into that comparison mindset of thinking that everyone's life is so easy or perfect without any sort of implications or stressfulness or it actually being hard. And so I posted on my stories this morning this exact thing. And I want to go over, I guess, the responses that I've had in relation to things that are online that seem easy, that are actually really hard. Now, I also want to continue this conversation in our closed Facebook group, which is Flourish and Fulfilled Community also, because this is such an important conversation to have. And I do think that this is an interesting one. And I already had 1,700 responses to my stories this morning in just under two hours, so 90 minutes maybe, um, which is huge. 1,700 responses in relation to things that are hard that seem easy online. So what I'm going to do first is I'm actually going to just log onto my Insta and go through the top ones. Now, I'm going to try and group them as they have come through with the topics that people have, have been um, 
sending through. However, if I do double up, there might be some different wording or different ways in which people have articulated it as well. So I'm going to try and yeah, I'm going to try my hardest to group it. But even like I'm looking now and the top two that I can see, one's like actually falling pregnant with IVF. Nobody talks about infertility. And then the next one is like falling pregnant and then losing weight. And so there's so many different variations of the falling pregnant part. Now, I think this is a massive one because when we're young, we're only ever taught about like contraception and not falling pregnant. Like every single thing that we're taught in school in sex ed is how to not fall pregnant and why not falling pregnant is the ideal outcome. And then when you get to an age or a life situation where you're like, hey, I actually want to have a baby and it doesn't just happen for you, that's when all of the education starts in relation to fertility, IVF, um, actually understanding your body as a female and cycles. And um, there is so much more to actually falling pregnant than we have ever realized. And it's only now I'm 33 and I was obviously very blessed to have my children young that it's, it's a lot of my friends right now trying to conceive and having these heartbreaking months every single month trying to actually fall pregnant. And if we look online, there's so many birth announcements and um, so many uh, women having babies and it looks so easy. So I fully understand that and respect that. Next one is postpartum. Now, this has come up in so many different areas in relation to bouncing back has been a very common one. Uh, Actually, being able to leave the hospital with a newborn, I'm not sure how they allow that. So there's, I'm assuming that that's because you essentially have a baby and you're given all of the care and then expected to be able to look after the household, return to work and bounce back. So there's probably a few parts to this one. Now, when it comes to having a baby, especially if you have had a Caesar, you are having major abdominal surgery. And I read this quote the other day about how C-sections are the only surgery in which we're expected to walk within six to 12 hours of having the surgery and then care for another human. And essentially the care of the mother or the patient is put to the side. And I was like, yes, like that is so true. And it was only this morning I was talking to Andrew about my experience having the twins. And I had the twins via C-section and the boys naturally or vaginally. I shouldn't say naturally. I actually don't like the term naturally versus um, C-section. But I uh, had to have a DNC at eight weeks postpartum because they actually left the placenta inside of me. However, I just felt like the care after I had the girls was not about me in any way, shape or form. It, It was simply about the girls and having these two little babies and twins and caring for them that my health was definitely put on the back burner of making sure that they were okay. And I think that as mums, we can often relate to that, that regardless of how we delivered our baby, the care for us is put secondary to the baby. And I know that for a lot of women that do have babies, they perhaps uh, mention often that visitors will come over and they will completely ignore the fact that the mum's even there and perhaps they've been friends with them for their whole life and they've just come over to see the baby and it's not even about the mum anymore and and there's this loneliness factor of having a baby coming home not being cared for not being properly looked after and expecting to somehow manage a newborn sleep deprivation and everything that comes with that as well as bouncing back 
Now, when we talk about bouncing back, it actually takes nine months for all of our internal organs to go back to their original placements after having a baby. And if we are talking about postpartum, I highly, highly, highly recommend and suggest going and seeing a women's physiotherapist after you give birth within six weeks, um, not only for your pelvic floors, but also abdominal separation and uh, just looking after yourself, which is a massive, massive factor that I think we often forget. All right. So that's the postpartum and that's falling pregnant. So that's two massive ones. Uh, Being a stay at home mum is actually very lonely. No one tells you how lonely it is. I think that's a really valid point. And I think with stay at home mums, Uh, It's about finding a community of women who you do relate to and resonate with because I think for me, I, whenever I joined like mother's groups or play groups or um, anything like that with the kids, I found it very judgmental. And I found a lot of the women were essentially there to boost their self-esteem, to make sure that they felt like they were doing good enough as a parent. And it was this really interesting um, phenomenon or like experience for me because all these women would be like, well, my baby is walking and my baby is sitting and my baby is sleeping through. And it was this competition that was constantly um, being presented every time I went to any mother's groups or any play groups. And at the time, my ex was in the army. And so these were army mums that I was very isolated with. And I was, I felt even more alone. And being a stay-at-home mum felt even more lonely because the people that I was able to surround myself with were constantly comparing our children and constantly comparing where we're at in life. So making sure that the people that you do associate with as well are people who align with you, but also making sure that they're not trying to compare or put you down within your own journey too. Having your shit all together. What a vibe. This uh, this one came through quite a bit. So I'm actually going to touch on that when I find the one that I'm wanting to because it was worded in a different way, but very, very funny. Starting a side hustle. Yes. So starting a side hustle that is can then replace your work is a massive, massive one. And being able to have that balance and reassurance or self-affirmations of knowing that the income stream from your side hustle can replace the income that you're currently making within the role that you're in because you are going to lose that uh, security or stability within your full-time role is huge. The other thing as well is that when you have like a side hustle, no one really respects it until it's actually deemed successful. And I know the term success is so um, up to interpretation of what somebody's idea of success actually is. But I guess for me, a side hustle being successful is simply being able to leave the career that is no longer satisfying you or making you happy and working in a career or um, industry that you're really aligned with and love. So yes, starting a side hustle is so hard. Starting in a new gym, people are so quick to judge and question. You'll easily drop money on random situations. Yeah, okay. Amazing. So starting in a new gym, I even, I've been in the fitness industry, I don't know, 13, 14 years and I'm a professional athlete and I know how to train and I'm qualified. Even for me, starting in a new gym is so daunting and so intimidating. Now, My personal hacks for this is knowing where the equipment is, number one, 
and knowing what you're actually going to be training that day before you get to the gym because it allows you to not only look for the equipment pieces that you're trying to find but scope out the gym and know where everything is without you just walking in aimlessly and just being like, oh my goodness, this is so overwhelming. I don't know where anything is and everyone's staring at me and I don't know what I'm doing here. So it is a massive, massive, massive hack of knowing what you're actually going in to train and knowing the gym layout as well. The other thing to that is if you're starting at a new gym where it's like group fitness or group training, it's interesting because we have in our minds that we have to be the like strongest or heaviest or do perfect form or everyone's looking at me or everyone's judging me. I I honestly swear no one even looks at you or cares because they're thinking the exact same thing. And the other thing to this is that most people are there to actually support each other and be there in a group environment. Otherwise they would just train on their own. And so It's really uh, powerful when you actually stop feeling disempowered or feeling like everyone's staring at you and be more motivated by the fact that everybody's there together. And when you give motivation, they get motivation. So I find that a big swap or switch as well. Busy, successful social lives as an adult. Oh my goodness. I cannot feel this anymore in my soul. So yesterday, one of my beautiful long-term guy friends, Genoa, he messaged me. It was in March, right? And I was going through my emails and I was like, I can't even come back from this. I've rescheduled a meeting with him four times since January. It was supposed to be in March. And instead of even replying, I just stopped replying to the emails. So I went back to him yesterday and I was like, I, I, I just have to say sorry. Like I can't even, I can't even give you an excuse. I can't even come back from this and I'm the world's shittest friend. And I literally gave him like this public apology on social media because I was like, it is so hard to maintain friendships when you have kids, relationship, work, your own hobbies, your own health and so much else to the mix that it's just like, I feel like I have four or five really close friends And I struggle so much to be able to see them and have a social life. And the other factor to this as well is that I love being with my partner and I have so much fun with him. So if I had a free night, it would be usual that I would just go out for dinner with him or um, that I would prefer just to stay at home and actually get some downtime to actually sit and talk with him. And so it's that constant juggle and struggle of being like a good friend, being able to give and hold space to your friendships but also allowing yourself to have that space as well. So that is such a big one. Cleaning my oven. Oh, okay. So I can't even remember this hack now. Here I am like, I've got the best hack for you. I think it is dishwashing like uh, tablets that you put into a dishwasher and then you put it into a water tray, so like a bake tray, and you put it into your oven. I think it's for an hour at 180 and it kind of explodes a bit and it cleans all of the grime off. Now, I'm definitely not a housewife. I'm not claiming to be a housewife. I'm definitely not a great cleaner, but if that hack works, please let me know. So I'm hoping that that is the right instructions there, but that has worked a few times for me. Uh, Twins. Twins are fucking hard. Like twins are so, so hard. Uh, I was not prepared for the first two years of the twins' life. And that's so funny as well in relation to like social media making something look easier. 
than it is because twins is that perfect example because on social media they're so beautiful they're so cute like you've got these beautiful little babies and you're just like oh my goodness like how did I create two babies at once but it's so hard behind the scenes but how do you articulate that like I definitely feel like I tried my hardest of making sure that I was very real and honest and raw in relation to having newborn twins and even now but it is so much harder than it looks having twins um Eye makeup. I'm useless at it, but I feel like it should be easy. 100%. And I think as well, because everyone has like different shaped eyes, that there's certain techniques and ways in which to make your eyes pop. And I don't know, I actually think there's a few makeup artists that teach that online. I just haven't bothered to do it, but I definitely don't feel like I nail my eye makeup. Going to a restaurant or a cafe with young children. Yeah, that's not fun. I don't, I don't think I even tried. I just put the girls in the pram. Um, and yeah, it was very isolating doing that or having young kids, having your shit all together. Now this has popped up a lot. And I think for this one, it's so important to note that we've got so many categories in our life, right? We have like relationships, career, spirituality, family, and then our health. And anyone that reckons that they have their shit together in all areas of their life, I would love to meet you. Like, I just would love to pick your brain. I'd love to bring you on the podcast even and just be like, how? Tell us your secrets because I don't know anyone in my life that has their shit all together or that is like nailing every area of their life. I feel like there's people that definitely put on a persona or online looks like they are, but I definitely do not think that everybody has their shit together. And if they're telling you that, it's probably a good sign that they don't have their shit together. Uh, There is a lot here in relation to falling pregnant, losing weight, uh, opening a business, the bounce back from postpartum, keeping an organized, clean house. What a statement. Try having six kids and keeping a clean, organized house. Um, It's just, it's a constant juggle, isn't it? It's like, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. We're also trying to teach our kids responsibility and how to clean up after themselves whilst working and parenting and running the house. So I feel that a lot. I try very hard to actually show mess in social media because I think that's homely and relatable more than having a spotless house all the time. Uh, Breastfeeding. Now, this is a good one because I am very pro breastfeeding. And I think Lack of education around it and lack of support is a massive one when it does come to breastfeeding. Now, for me, I was raised like my, I was born at home. My mum breastfed me until I was four, so I was very, I very much came from a pro breastfeeding family. So when I had my first son, I just assumed that I would know what to do and it would be easy, and. I'm just going to apologize to my producer here who's sitting in on this. I literally had like bloody cracked nipples for the first three months of having him because I didn't know what I was doing. And it wasn't until I actually reached out for support that he wasn't latching properly and had a tongue tie and a bunch of issues to actually get that support. And I felt like I didn't really understand what I was doing until I 
had to go back to square one and all of the basics. But the problem was is that I had such painful nipples that it would have been so much easier for me to give up. Um, And then when I had the twins, I was not able to based on the fact that I'd actually had numerous surgeries on my nipples so my ducts weren't actually connected. So we used donor breast milk. And I think breastfeeding is something that is so hard and not spoken about enough and there's not enough education surrounding it. Uh, this one's a funny one. So yoga and flexibility. It's funny online. If you look at any yogi's account, you're like, oh yeah, that looks so easy. Like I could do that. And then you try and attempt it. And there is no way that you can do any of the yoga moves without practice or without stability or flexibility, uh, without patience. And it's funny because it's one of those things that you're like, oh yeah, they're just standing on one leg. I can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can definitely do that. And when you try, you fail miserably. And so I think that's a really, really good point to make there. Buying a ticket to space, that shit is expensive. I've actually never looked into that, but I'm, I'm glad that that's something that's on social media that looks very easy. Um, showing up your best every day when many Instagrammers only show their good days, especially with filters. Now, this is a real important and funny one because I get it from both sides here. So Instagram is, whether we like it or not, a platform of showcasing our life. And for a lot of people, myself included, it's hard to get on there with no filter, no makeup and show up authentically as ourselves when we're feeling like crap or we haven't had any sleep or the kids have been demanding of us and it's easy enough to be able to chuck a filter on with different colour changing or things like that. Now, the thing that's really interesting here is there are so many filters now that entirely change your face and it's it's a, it's a big difference between a colour changing filter and a face changing filter. And some of these filters literally make your lips bigger, your nose smaller, your face rounder and your eye colour change versus just changing like the pop or saturation of the colour of the background or things like that. So that is a massive, massive one because when we look in the mirror and we don't look like the filters, we're like, oh, that's that's not that's not great to look at. But that's that's reality. That's how we look. That's what makes us beautiful. All of those unique features are what makes us us. And so that is a huge, great point to make. There's a lot of comments in relation to that actually, looking good all the time. Um there's a, there's a lot about the newborn stage or babies in general. So I feel that there's a lot of mums on my page right now just really um, looking online being like, everybody makes this look so easy, but it's so hard. And it's funny as well, Trin um, obviously had Avalon, I think eight months ago, and watching her go through that newborn stage again, the, my twins are seven now, or nearly seven. And so it's it's that relatability of forgetting like we must and also like we have to forget about the pain of childbirth because otherwise we'd never go back for that so it's like forgetting that newborn stage and how tired you are and how like how fatigued you are and you're just like trying to make sure that they're going to sleep tonight and then you get that sleep anxiety of am I going to get a good night's sleep tonight are they going to sleep how do I make them sleep and it's that constant battle of being like I've got all these things to do and a newborn baby and the anxiety of that so yeah that's that's very very true and I feel that a lot of people will really feel that and resonate with that finding a babysitter People seem to get babysitters very easy 
and I can't trust any randoms. So this was also the same for us. So we actually decided to do attachment parenting with the twins and we only ever left them with myself, Nathan or Nell. And it was the three of us and we never left them with anybody else, not even grandparents. And that was a decision we made very early on. And we did that until they were six. And even now they've obviously they're at school, so they're left with teachers, um, but we don't leave them with random babysitters. And I'm, I'm also very wary of that too. And I, I do see online with a lot of uh, like forums that I'm in of people being like, Hey, can anyone babysit tonight? It's a three month old and a seven year old. I'm like, how? Like, and I also, yeah, I also feel that as well. Cause I don't do that. Um, but I think a lot of people who perhaps have a big family or their grandparents are heavily involved are very, very lucky and very blessed. Um, and that was not something that we had readily available to us. And I think that would have been a huge change for us if we had family that were really keen or eager to babysit. Um, but yeah, I, f- I definitely understand when I see these uh, mums or new mums that are like, oh yeah, like I'm going out for dinner tonight with my partner or here or there. I'm like, how? Like, So it was very hard for us in order for us to go out or do anything. We had to plan and pre-plan that like a month in advance. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'm just going to go down and try and find – oh, that's a good one. How to fold a fitted sheet. I don't know if anyone online, though, makes that look easy. Although, you know, some of those um, hack pages and you watch them and then you try it at home and it's like that was not as easy as what you made it out to be. If anyone has any tricks for how to fold a fitted sheet, please let us know. That would be great. Grief. Some people make it look like it – it always ends. But for me, it feels like it's forever and always changing formations. That's so true. And I feel like as well, um, I just want to touch on early pregnancy loss or miscarriage as well, because the grief that a mother feels sometimes is not felt by anybody else. And so that isolates or makes you feel even more lonely because you're the only one experiencing it, or perhaps you haven't told anyone about it. And then the grief continues in different stages. So perhaps your friend has announced they're pregnant and you feel it all over again. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things with that. Relationships. Now relationships are so hard and I, I wish I had this quote, but I posted it the other day, but it's like about finding somebody that can see you in your all and holding enough space for you to be able to go through your shit while still being there is so important. Being able to have somebody that loves you for all that you are and even those bad days, those bad moods and all of your emotions as well, I think is really important. But um, it's funny because online we see these relationship pages and it's like, this is amazing. This is so good. This is my soulmate. And you're like, yeah, I feel that. But it's also hard. You have to maintain that and maintain yourself and be an individual and keep your life on track and your career and kids and everything else whilst maintaining that. 90% of these responses are about postpartum and bouncing back. Friendships, being an athlete in general, it's actually very boring and repetitive. Very interesting. So for me as well, the gym was my outlet. The gym was my entire mindset, mental health escape. And the moment that I made it a career or the moment that I stopped doing it for myself and putting so much emphasis on helping other people and not so much about it being an escape for me mentally, it became almost a chore. And so I've really had to work on making sure that whilst it is my career, that I give back to myself and make sure that it's always fun to me and never a chore or um, boring. Because I think 
for a lot of people going into the gym and doing weights would be a very boring thing to do. But for me, it's like, oh, I'm finally here. I'm so excited. I get to um, I get to spend an hour with myself to be able to grow and to be able to spend this time alone. And yeah, very, very, very important differentiating factor there of turning something that you love from a hobby to a career can make or break how you feel about it. Raising teens, I feel defeated by my 15-year-old at the moment. Oh, I definitely feel that. I won't go into too much detail here, but teens are hard work, like hard, hard, hard work. And it's funny because there's a lot of women that have replied to my story being like, newborns, newborns are so hard. If you think newborns are hard, you just strap on in. And I'm not just forgetting how hard newborns were, I promise. But if you strap on in, it is a roller coaster ride of parenting. So it's quite fun. Uh, now loving your body for what it is and not comparing to 20 year old bodies, being comfortable in your own skin, parenting in general. Yeah. So loving your body for what it is. This is a really interesting one. And the other day I was sitting with one of the girls and she noticed my stretch marks on my legs and she's like, you've got stretch marks. And I said, yeah, of course I've got stretch marks. And she goes, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. And I said, oh, I'm very open about my body and me and yeah, I've got stretch marks. And so she was like, oh, well, I've got stretch marks on my bum. And I said, yeah, babe, everyone's got stretch marks. And she's like, well, none of my friends have stretch marks. And I was like, yeah, babe, babe, I've done a lot of spray tans. I've seen a lot of comp girls. I've seen a lot of beautiful girls. I've been in the modeling industry. A lot of women have have stretch marks. They might've faded, but a lot of women have stretch marks. And I think it's that acceptance that regardless of whether no one else had them, if you had them, it's all of those little unique things that make you you and all of those unique factors that make you irreplaceable because that's what makes you you. And learning to love yourself regardless of any little imperfections that you may have or stretch marks or differences that you have between somebody's actually the beautiful things that somebody will end up loving about you. So yeah, clear skin. Oh, I definitely feel that one. Um, Even when I'm eating no sugar and no dairy and drinking all the water and trying to sleep, my skin is still a hormonal roller coaster. So I definitely feel like that is something that on social media we don't see enough of, especially texture. Like everything is smoothed over um, and like that's skin is textured. Like we have pores, like we have hair, you know what I mean? Like there's so many factors online that you don't see in everyday life. Uh, Meditation. Now this one's such a good one because you imagine on social media or online that you see somebody sitting there with their eyes closed and they're like talking about how great meditation is and how much it's changed their life. And you're like, oh yeah, cool. That's, that's great. That's so easy for them. They can obviously switch their mind off. But I promise you that it's taken them hours to get to that practice of being able to switch their mind off or be able to actually get into that meditative state. And it's so funny because when I first started um, Vedic meditation or did my Vedic meditation course, I actually said like to my um, coach, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I can't ever switch my mind off. And he's like, great. That means you need it more than anyone. And it took me so long to learn that it's actually not the practice of switching your mind off. It's learning to just let the, the thoughts come and go without trying to control it. And so it's very interesting because when you see somebody sitting there meditating and it looks so easy, you're like, oh, meditation looks like a breeze. But in reality, it's taken them hours of practice to be able to get to that point. So that's definitely something that online looks very easy, whereas in reality, not so much. 
Making friends as an adult. That is so important because having friends, so we, we always change and evolve as people. And it's really important to make sure that we're always auditing and looking at our circles and who we're hanging around because we become most like the top five people that we hang around. And if we're never auditing or checking ourselves of who we're actually associating with, then we will always end up somewhere we're not in alignment because we're never actually checking where we want to go or making sure they're in alignment or values and um, in relation to where we're wanting our lives to go. And making new friends that do align with where we're wanting to go or our goals or businesses or hopes and dreams or whatever it is, is so hard as an adult. And usually what happens is our kids start school and we kind of find ourselves being friends with their um, their friends at school's parents or whatever it might be. And that's an easy approach to be able to make friends. But would they usually be the friends that you would go and seek out? Probably not. And so it's 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 such a funny one and such a funny factor. But I think I have a podcast in this. If not, this, there's a really good post that I've made um, perhaps in Flourish and Fulfilled in relation to how to find or how to make new friends as an adult because it's really hard and really important, but it's it's trying to make sure that you've got that common ground of perhaps it is the gym or perhaps it is in your workplace. Uh, you both love going for breathwork sessions or you're both into moon cycles or whatever it is that you actually have that common ground rather than it being based on gossip or uh, trivial things or things that actually are not healthy within friendships. So that's really important there. But making friends as an adult is hard. Maintaining friends as an adult is hard. So this is the last one that I'll do because there's so many. There's 1,700 that have come through. Small talk's a funny one. So I had mad social anxiety, I don't know, four years ago and I would – isolate myself from going to events because I didn't want to have to have small talk with people. And even now I very rarely go to an event alone. Like I do not like making small talk. And what I found really helpful was checking the news cycle for the day, finding a few things that I was passionate about or something that I I really wanted to know more about and having three to five topics to discuss as small talk. And I found that made uh, the conversation flow a lot better. And so now I've kind of gotten into a pattern of checking. I actually have like a an audio book app that gives me three quotes and three different facts for the day rather than it being about news. And uh, that that is what I will base my small talk around. So it could be like, I don't know, this is, this is so irrelevant, but based on the fact of what I'm doing this weekend, did you know that glowworms, bums, are actually what lights up and it's only the old ones that actually light up, the babies don't. So there's a lot of little things like that that pop up in my app that I'm like, oh, that's a cool trivial fact. Um, But obviously trying to weave that into a small talk conversation, imagine meeting someone being like, hey, did you know that the glowworm's bum is actually what lights up? So obviously putting that into context and making sure that it's relevant is very important as well. But being able to expand on what you're actually wanting to talk about or knowing before you go into an event of small talk is a big, big game changer. Now, at the end of the day, I think all of this comes down to comparison and making sure that you're not looking online or on social media and comparing your life with somebody else's. Uh, Learning to not be so hard on yourself and just understanding that we're all so different. And majority of people that tell you that they have their shit together don't. And I can promise you that, that anybody who is claiming to be a perfect parent or in a perfect relationship or whatever it looks like uh, online, 
no one has their shit together. No one, no one, no one, no one has their shit together. And the people that proclaim it more are always the ones that usually behind the scenes are falling apart. So please remember that what you see online, there's always so much more that does go in behind the scenes. And it's hard, it's a hard balance as well online of making sure that we're not just showcasing our successes, but also the journey to get there. And interestingly, yesterday, uh, we had an event on at 6 to 8 p.m. And normally Andrew doesn't work Thursday nights. And I was like, no, 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 like we have to be at this event. And he'd already had surgeries booked in and he wasn't finishing till 9 p.m. Anyway, he was like, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. So he changed his entire patient schedule to start work at 6 a.m. So he got to work at 5.30 a.m. to grind through the day so that he could make this event so that he could support me. So he worked 12 hours, came to this event for two hours. We hopped into bed for three hours and I woke up at 1am, rolled over and he was literally doing patients' um, cases in bed at 1am. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I can't sleep. I've just got too much work on my plate. And it's really interesting because from the outside, often all we share is the success. We're on holiday. We um, have a beautiful home. We have beautiful cars. We um, have an incredible relationship and family life and all these things. But it's very easy to get caught up in only sharing the success. And so it was really important for me last night to be like, whoa, like people don't see the fact that business owners are working one o'clock in the morning because their mind can't switch off because they've got so much on their plate and that it's, it's, it is really hard behind the scenes. And that is the ugly truth of running a business. And um, there are so many hours to get to that point. And so whilst there's, it's hard to share that because literally at 1am, I was like, the last thing he's going to want me to do is take a photo of him and be like, he's working at 1am. But also it's so relative to making sure that when we do see people online, we understand that there is not just a success version of them. There is a grinding version of them. There is a, a big hard worker behind that as well. And knowing that comparison is never, ever going to help the situation, but understanding that everybody has their hardships and while someone's hardships might be different to yours, it is still relevant to them too. So if you do see something online that looks easy, maybe ask the person, how long have you been practicing this for? Or how long did it take for you to get to this point? And understand that there's probably many, many hours for them to be able to get to that point. But anyway, I hope that today's episode resonated with some of you and that it was a bit more fun having that interaction because it was really cool seeing all of the uh, questions come through on uh, social media or on Instagram. I'm having a look through now and they're still coming through. Um, so please, yeah, m- make sure that you head across to the Facebook group and leave what you think is something that seems very easy online but is not easy in real life in our closed Facebook group which is just Flourish and Fulfilled Community or on Instagram Flourish and Fulfilled and I just want to say again a massive thanks to today's episode sponsor Lust Minerals you can use the code Flourish at the checkout at lustminerals.com.au I'll chat to you guys next week